You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Bill Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Local, state, national, man, we cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, uh, hey, welcome to it. It is Thursday, 2.06 p.m. Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Hanging in on this little wet day. I'm good. You good enough? Yeah. You good enough? Yeah. That's what I like to say. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> All right. Hey, we got a good and late phone for you. In fact, we got a very interesting show for you. I'm just, I'm not even going to pretend. I'm pretty stoked about this. So, you know, every once in a while, we get to meet the folks uh, that we hear from all the time. Like uh, Rita from Scottsboro came by and saw us a uh, week before last. Um, you know, we get a chance, like when I spoke up in uh, in Huntsville a couple, uh, was it a year or two ago? <laughs> How long was that? A year ago? And uh, and got to meet a bunch of you folks that listen on a regular basis. Well, today, uh, Lee from Huntsville, who calls in all the time, Lee from Huntsville is going to be in studio. Not only is she going to be in studio, she's going to be taking the microphone for me for a while. Ta-da! What do you think of that? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I am ceding the microphone to one of our right-side ruffians. So uh, Lee from Huntsville is going to be here. She'll probably join us somewhere around 3.30 in studio. The lovely Charlene and I are, are, are bugging out. we got to get down to Birmingham for the, uh, the, the dinner with uh, Governor DeSantis. So we got we got good seats right up front uh, towards Governor DeSantis, and uh, we're going to be there. And that meant I had to get out of the studio about a half hour earlier than usual or maybe an hour earlier than usual, put on a monkey suit and head down yonder. But, um, but that being said, Lee from Huntsville is going to be in studio. That's crazy, but I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. Uh, and it, it just, By the way, uh, it just goes to show that we have such an amazing audience that I felt like I could reach out and grab one of our audience members and say, hey, how do you feel about coming to the studio? And she said, sure. So here we go. <laughs> All right. All said and done, we got a lot of stuff laid on. So, yeah, Lee from Huntsville is going to be here at 3.30. Boomer and McQueen are on at 3. That's big doings every week. That's, oh, yeah. That's my new favorite segment, too, Woo-hoo. bud. I'm, and I, I ain't just saying that because you're sitting right here in front of me. It's... <laughs> It's I, all right. I have no reason to blow smoke. You know, I just, there's none. Uh, no need to impress you anymore. I'm, I'm beyond I'm, I'm that just point. <laughs> but yeah, McQueen's Boomer McQueen. Boomer McQueen today at three. And then we got the Triple Dipper. Hit it, buddy. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right. The Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. So, yeah. Number one, the DOD in Bama. So the Department of Defense in Alabama has been all in the news lately to include more recent updates on the question of Space Command at Redstone Arsenal. So I'm going to talk to you about things that impact pretty much every installation in this state uh, and and things that I thought it was just important. You know, we have one of the highest per capita uh, populations of veterans of any state in the United States. So I'm going to talk about it, the DOD in Bama. Y'all stay tuned on that one. Number two, I'm calling it, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? I mean, it's just crazy, the things that are said by public officials. Like I look at it and go, did you really think that through before you said it out loud, before you did that thing? 
And the answer is probably no. But number two, you're going to enjoy this. What were they thinking? And then number three, and this is going to be largely led uh, by our friend Lee from Huntsville. She's going to be talking about privilege. Wow. And so I'm probably going to have to, you know, uh, call the right side lawyers, have them on tap and ready to roll. <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> anyway, number three in the Triple Dipper with our friend Lee from Huntsville. Privilege. So there's that. All right, let me let me jump over to my comments for the day. And I will, I will go ahead and tell you that... Um, uh, my, my comments for today to open the show are a bit more philosophical than, than usual. Um, there's a story from the book of Judges, and it came to my attention just this morning. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But to lay the foundation for what I'm about to say, I'm going to first tell a personal story. Some of you already know the, the Army has been a big part of my personal story. And in the course of serving my time in uniform, a part of that time was several months at the U.S. Army Ranger School. And I've said before that becoming a Ranger was one of the best and worst experiences of my entire life. And it was. It was a suck fest from day one. And I can honestly say that it moved me past all of my limits, physically, emotionally, mentally, even spiritually. I'd love to sit here, by the way, though, and tell you that it was no big deal. No issue, man. All good. Nothing but a thing. But no, it was every bit the personal trial that it was designed to be. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But nobody would do it twice. I had a day in ranger school, though, where I had to hit my limit. I was 30 pounds lighter, sleep-deprived, and at my physical and mental endpoint. And that's really the place where you learn a lot about yourself. Nothing was going right that cold February day in the swamps of Florida. I couldn't get anybody in my platoon to do anything at all. I wasn't the only one hitting the wall. But yet I was the only one of those guys getting graded at that particular moment on how well I could move them who didn't want to move and get them to do things that were physically beyond their capabilities. So yeah, God and I had a moment right there. A moment where I came to the realization that everything I had been working for, it might be for naught. And in that moment, I had a very brief but meaningful discussion with the Lord. You see, I believe that God loves soldiers. He loves warriors for that matter. He is not offended that men and women who are in the midst of learning how to fight or actually fighting come to him. He's a God who can be meek and quiet and speak in a still small voice at the very next minute. He can rain down fire from heaven and make his enemies take a knee. So there I was at ranger school, freezing in the wet and the nastiness of the swamps and talking with God in a very real and down-to-earth way. I couldn't figure out why it wasn't going perfect. I mean, wasn't I where I believed he wanted me to be? My gut still said yes. Well, then why wasn't it going perfect? Pretty much every day that I was in the course, there were guys that were quitting. On day one, 450 tried to get into my class. 250 or so made it in. 98 of us graduated to become Rangers at that, that class. Was it worth it? Hey, God, is this worth it? And then I settled into a different spot. And I remember the prayers that, you know, weren't really so much prayers as they were just a statement. I remember saying, maybe even out loud, I said, and it came out just like this. Well, God, if you want me to be a ranger, then I will. And if you don't, then I'll go home and be proud of that too. It was an acceptance moment. It was a moment when I was basically saying, hey, God, I'm all in. I'm going to fight for as long as you say fight. I'm going to do everything it takes. I'm going to quit fixating on my desired outcome I'm just going to be obedient to the cause. Was I giving up? Not a bit, not for a second. But I was recognizing and acceding to the idea that this was bigger than me, that the process was just as important in many ways as the outcome. So here's the thing. In that moment, in that simple little discussion with God in the moldy backwater of some swamp in the panhandle of Florida, 
It resulted in one of the most amazing experiences of my whole life. I kid you not. I kid you not. I felt a sense of relief come over me like nothing I have ever felt before or since. And I don't mean a little bit. It was like it was tangible. I suddenly felt like the guy who had been underwater too long, who was suddenly able to catch a real breath for the first time in way, way too long. It was tangible. But that was only the beginning. Because right after that, it was as if the platoon caught a fresh breath as well. Guys started moving. Rucksacks went on. Comms were up. And we collapsed the perimeter and moved out and hit the target on time. And yes, I graduated from ranger school. And that was 32 years ago this month. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. But still, sometimes I need to be reminded nonetheless. Like this morning. As I listened to a pastor teaching on a passage in the book of Judges, it's a strange story. It's a weird story in which 11 of the 12 tribes of Israel actually went to war with the one remaining tribe. So it was a brief civil war sparked by that one tribe, the tribe of Benjamin in this case, condoning some pretty horrible behavior in which a woman had been killed and killed in horrible fashion. So the 11 tribes, they prayed it through and they felt like their mission was to go up and fight with some of their own. And on the first day they lost and they lost big. And they fell back and they prayed. They tried to figure it all out and they believed they were supposed to go back into battle again the next day and they did and they lost big for a second time. At this point, they were beside themselves. What are we doing here, God? Didn't you say to fight? Do we keep on going? Is this worth it? And the only answer they got was to continue to fight. And so in a combined motivation of faith and obedience, they just did. And the next day they reentered the battle, fully committed, and they won. And they won big. Now, I don't always get it. I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. I see things a certain way. I know that I often believe that I can just make a square peg fit in a round hole if I just take a little more off the corners. I also know that I'm a hard worker. I believe that sleep is highly overrated, that work is what sheepdogs do, and that not working is for sheep. I'm a big fan of stupid quotes like, chicks dick scars, and I'm motivated by stories of warriors who bear scars. But I also get tired, if the truth be known. I find myself getting to that point sometimes that I question the fight, and I wonder why it can't just be a little easier. And I learned the value of pushing through the moment and being satisfied with that, only to see the end result actually happen because of the culmination of sticking with the moments and not fixating all the time on the end. And I'm reminded, like I was just this morning, that I'm, I'm not the first one in history to hit that point as evidenced by the story from the book of Judges from thousands of years ago. So as long as I'm waxing philosophical here, let me just finish with this. Somewhere in that same time frame, around the time I finished ranger school, I ran across a poem. Now, I'm not one who's inclined to poetry, mind you. I have no idea how I came to read this one, but it was spot on, man, spot on. And it was written by a lady named Ethelwyn Weatherald from the late 1800s. The poem is called My Orders. And it simply says this. It says, my orders are to fight. And then if I bleed or fail or strongly win, what matters it? God only doth prevail. The servant craveth not except to serve with might. I was not told to win or lose. My orders are to fight. So there you have it. I'm just telling you. There's times, and I felt like it had to be said today, there's times when you just stay in the fight. There's times when you put aside the idea that the outcome is everything that you have to recognize that sometimes the process is something. There's times when you get tired. There's times when you get beat up. There's times when you're done in and you don't even know why it's worth it. And you still have to stay in the fight. Why? Because that's your orders. That's what you're supposed to do. Not every soldier who takes the high ground even sees the high ground, but every soldier has a part in taking the high ground and that's just it. So what I'm saying is this. 
Stay in the fight. We got more to do. That's the way I see it. That's a wrap for the right side way. Well, there you have it. And yes, that was probably one of the most amazing experiences of my entire life. And I'd love to say I went to ranger school and all I got out of it was how to lead patrols and conduct raids and ambushes and lead men under duress. But it was a lot more than that. Dadgum, if that wasn't one of the most intense mental, emotional, and spiritual experiences of my whole life, and the biggest thing I got out of it was sometimes those moments, sometimes those moments that you stay in the fight, that's what matters. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Way. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, I am. Uh, I'm just. I'm just telling you. We we got. We got. We got a. We got some more kind of a day laid on right now. Boom. I'm just. I'm pretty stoked to see how this goes. I mean. Yeah. So there's there's only been uh, you know the opportunity for us to do this kind of thing a couple of times where where listeners show up and and. Um, and, uh, and 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 spend time in the studio or come by and, and and I love it when that when that happens because meeting the people that we do this for is is a big part of why we do it, um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very cool and I look forward to seeing uh, Lee from Huntsville here in person and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll shortly right side ruffian <laughs> coming in the studio that's right that's right uh, hey I, I gotta I gotta just gotta tell you I got some notice a minute ago so you know there's been there's been a, a whole lot of new hearings happening on Capitol Hill, one of which is the, um, the, the hearings on the National Transportation Safety Board and the questions surrounding the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment. The CEO, Alan Shaw of Norfolk Southern, was scheduled to give his uh, testimony today. I believe he did. And apparently, just this morning, uh, not far from where I'm sitting here talking to you, another train derailed right here in Alabama. So, yeah, headline on Fox News, Norfolk Southern train derails in Alabama just before the CEO testifies. He was scheduled to testify, I think, starting around 9 o'clock this morning. And, and then, dang, we, uh, we're looking at 37 train cars came off the tracks in Calhoun County near a little community we're familiar with called White Plains. So right over there near White Plains, uh, you've got uh, – now they do say, by the way, there's no injuries – no reports of leaks or, or hazmat questions. There's no road blockages. It was, it was in one of those kind of, you know, parallel off to the side of the uh, main roads. And for whatever reason, it went off the track. So anyway, what the heck, man? I feel like we're hearing about train derailments now like every other day. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, beginning of this week or end of last week, there was another one in Ohio. In Ohio? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I know. I don't get it at all. Um, well, nonetheless, we are um, we are glad to hear there's no injuries, and they're certainly glad to hear that there's no um, 
chemicals that have to get burned off to mm. uh, pollute an entire town uh, that we love called White Plains. Um, got a bunch of texts coming in. Um, uh, Alif Mathens said she loved that monologue, said I needed that one today. Uh, Bruce from Hazel Green just said, amen, brother. Um, and, and then Moon Pie from Madison wants to know, are we going to have Sparky in the, uh, is Sparky from Harvest going to be in the studio sometime soon? Heck man, why not? Let's get her done. Uh, Dustin from Hazel Green, uh, looking for some time where we have coffee and range day. I agree, man. We need Ooh. that coffee and guns, mm. guns and coffee. Which order do you want? Guns, coffee, coffee, guns. You're still not a coffee drinker. Uh, I was just about to say, I'll just go guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, boomer. Um, all right, we got we got plenty laid on. And uh, what did JT from Lacey Springs says? He says, that's a proper example of finding your limits only to realize the capability of taking another step than two and then three. Yes, brother, it was. And, uh, and a lesson that I have not yet forgotten. And I hope I never forget. Um Brian from Huntsville texted in, I guess, with regards to the poem that I had at the end of my monologue. He says, I'm going with the poem from Rudyard Kipling on Gunga Den. He says, for me, though, service is a lot of pain, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Would not trade it for anything. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Brandy from Athens says, also need to add bacon and donuts to the range day. Yes, maple bacon, donuts, mm. coffee, and guns. Mm. I feel a day coming. If that doesn't have right side ruffian written all over it, I don't know what would, man. Yeah, that that sounds just fun right there. That and classic cars. Get some classic cars in there and oh, some Jeeps. Oh, yes. Lord, my testosterone levels are going up just thinking about it. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> we got plenty laid on for this show for you today. Starting off, number one of the Triple Dipper here in just a minute, the DOD in Bama. And I've got something that came fresh off the press as of yesterday as to what the latest dialogue is about Space Command. Are they going to make a decision? I mean, for the love. What do they? What do they got? It got to have a spelled out for them, I guess. <laughs> it feels like forever. It has been forever. I'm like, come on, guys. Nothing takes it. We could have gone to the moon and back by now. <laughs> Space Command, for the love. All right, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's going on with the renaming of bases. We'll talk about things like, uh, are we getting some money out of the National Defense Authorization Act to plus up our facilities here in the state of Alabama? And by the way, how much is the FBI going to spend out there at Redstone Arsenal? Wow. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. 
covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the most beautiful state in the entire nation, Alabama. And, I mean, we go way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, um, I'm doing number one of the Triple Dipper, the DOD in Bama. And I'll start off with the, with the story that uh, seems to never end. Um, I will say this, first of all, if you're not familiar, Alabama is one of the most military-centric states um, in the nation. I mean, we've got, think about the active installations we've got. Uh, now, of course, we lost um, um, Fort McClellan years back, but, but, but McClellan is still a major National Guard training center. Anderson Army Depot is one of the major depots where we do lots of refurbishment of, of, uh, of, of vehicles and, and, and get them back into uh, combat-ready status uh, and, and then on, on top of a bunch of other things they do. Uh, we've got Redstone Arsenal, which, of course, is one of the most major installations in the Army's inventory now. We've got Maxwell Air Force Base, which is the schoolhouse for the uh, entire Air Force. That's where all of their, uh, their major, uh, the Air War College and other uh, advanced uh, training uh, is located. Not to mention the fact that we have the uh, F-35 wing down there that uh, uh, I think it's the 187th, I believe, uh, fighter wing, which is uh, their legacy is the uh, the Red Tails, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, then we have, um, of course, uh, the, the, the naval shipyards uh, down in um, uh, Mobile where Austell is building uh, combat-ready ships. And then we have the uh, Coast Guard station on the coast. And then we also have, by the way, Fort Rucker, which is changing its name. Uh, Fort Rucker is the uh, home of Army Aviation and has got a long history of training uh, combat pilots. Well, one of the newest additions to Alabama's military inventory. But by the way, I got to jump back and say this. I checked the stats right before we came on. I checked the stats. Alabama has the 10th highest population per capita of veterans of any state in the nation. I thought it was higher than that, but it's still the 10th highest. Over 8% of our population are veterans. And, and most of the top 10 are in the eights, a couple of them are in the nines, and the only one who's bigger than that is um, Alaska is like 11.2%. But, uh, but yeah, we got, we got one of the highest per capita populations of veterans, 315,000 plus veterans in the population right here in Alabama. Very cool. That being said, what in God's name is going on with Space Command? For the love, people, can you just admit you're scared of the politics, but you know you have to make a decision? And let me just point out to you, by the way, if you are the secretary of the whole freaking Air Force and you're scared to make a decision, perhaps you should not be secretary of the whole freaking Air Force. Just saying. Well, according to the article here on AL.com that came out yesterday, the Air Force is doing, quote, some additional analysis before announcing whether or not Space Command headquarters will remain in Colorado or move to Alabama. So says the actual Air Force secretary himself. His quote is, I had hoped to make a decision and make an announcement earlier. We're doing some additional analysis. We want to make sure we've got this right and have a well-defended decision. <laughs> what, what that says is, uh... It's kind of scary because people are mad and I don't know what to do. And uh, anyway, Colorado, it says, has been fighting since Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville came out on top in the official Pentagon review of competitors for the base. The command started in Colorado Springs and Colorado has been fighting furiously to keep it. And then, believe it or not, the latest attack on that question 
has to do with Alabama's ban on abortion. So that's the question. That's where we are. So, so the additional analysis, could it possibly be related to whether or not we're a pro-life state? That's just, that's some jackleg decision-making right there. Says the website military.com reported this uh, week that uh, Secretary of the Air Force Kendall uh, suggested that, quote, one factor would be potentially putting two combatant commands in Colorado. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. Maybe there's more to it than just abortion. But what he's saying there is we already have another combatant command in uh, Colorado. Maybe we don't need two. And, and that's true. I think NORTHCOM, is it NORTHCOM is based there, I believe? Um, so, yeah, U.S. Northern Command. I'm sorry. Yeah, NORTHCOM. U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville said today he believes the Pentagon has a pretty good idea what they want to do. They just don't want to. They just don't know which way they're going. I don't know what that means. Um, oh, we don't know which way they're going. There you go. He says we hear a lot from Colorado, and Colorado wasn't even in on this in the first go round. They weren't one of the locations that was really being investigated. And we all know, said Tuberville, that Huntsville is the best place. Redstone Arsenal is the best place, number one, because of security. We got to have security for Space Command. There's no better place than Redstone Arsenal. With all the things we got behind the wall there, NASA, missile defense, FBI. Anyway, Tuberville's on it. So is the rest of our delegation. And um, the, the, the article goes on to point out that Alabama won fair and square uh, and passed every gate that they could put in front of it. All right, DOD in Bama. What else you got? Well, here's another story that came out yesterday. So one of the other installations that has a lot to do with the military on the civilian side is um, the uh, Airbus facility down in the Mobile area. So down there, I think they're at Brookley Field down there in, in Mobile. Well, Alabama's congressional delegation criticized and lamented on Wednesday a decision by the U.S. Air Force that halts competition for the next coveted air tanker contract. So the bottom line is this. They were going to build what's known as the KCY Bridge Tanker Program, uh, which is the next generation of air refueling tankers. Airbus was in the running. You know, everything that happens in a big contract, not even a big contract, small contracts, in the, uh, the government has to go through a bid process. Unless they can find good grounds to avoid the bid process, like perhaps there's, a, there's some exigent circumstances, some emergency proclamation. Anyway, apparently the Air Force's top weapons buyer, uh, a guy named Andrew Hunter, um, he represented that uh, for the second time since 2011, a prize military program will not result in aircraft being built in Mobile. They've decided to forego competition. They're foregoing the idea of competitive bids. Tell me why that's a good idea. And U.S. Representative Jerry Carl, Congressman Carl from down there Mobile, he said, as an American taxpayer, I find it offensive that bureaucrats in the Air Force refuse to hold an open competition for the KCY bridge tanker program. He said the decision is going to result in massive waste of taxpayer dollars and does not give our armed forces the best tools. Um, Alabama and Georgia officials pushed really hard last year to get that competition um, to build the next 160 or so tankers. U.S. Senator Katie Britt says the Air Force's decision amounts to just a temporary setback. She believes it will come back around. Anyway, all that to say, we were supposed to see an Airbus opportunity to put a lot of people to work in Alabama building the next generation tanker. Instead, they're going to just continue to retrofit existing uh, airframes uh, under a Boeing contract. Yeah, well, I get a little leery when I find out that there's a no-bid opportunity like that. I get, a little, I get a little leery when I find out that something that is as big and political as Space Command 
is followed by another opportunity for Alabama being quashed. Like, oh, I don't know. Were we seeing too many opportunities? I don't know. Um, I will say this, though. Alabama has done pretty well. It's, I mean, look at what's happening at Redstone. Look at, what, look at the beef up at Anderson Army Depot. Look at the fact that we got that F-35 fighter wing. I was proud to help pass some legislation that helped to sort of usher that thing forward uh, back in the day. Uh, we've got some good things going on. As evidenced by, not so long ago, uh, this was in December, Yellowhammer News reports that when they passed the NDAA that Alabama had several wins written into it. And keep in mind that uh, Congressman Mike Rogers uh, from Alabama who we have been unable to schedule for an interview, and I hope we can get to make that work sometime soon. But uh, the Congressman Mike Rogers is the new chairman of House Armed Services. That's a big deal. And uh, Tuberville sits on Senate Armed Services. Says the U.S. House of Representatives voted to approve the fiscal year 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, and it included a number of wins for Alabama. Things like... Uh, funding additional projects for Anderson Army Depot's DLA warehouse, uh, Auburn University receiving a grant for a military battery research program, uh, increased and in authorized funds for um, armored multipurpose vehicle procurement for Alabama, increased and authorized funds for striker upgrades, all these things and more. I mean, we got stuff like, you know, beefing up the Montgomery Regional Airport to base the F-35s I was talking about. Um, DOD education activities at Maxwell Air Force Base. Tons of stuff written into this thing. And we're not talking about just pork. We're talking about enhancing existing systems so that we're seeing Alabama's DOD presence preserved and maintained and growing, uh, which is nothing but good for Alabama. And that's the way it should be. I mean, like I said, this is a patriotic state. This is a state where we have the 10th highest per capita number of veterans in our population of any state in the nation, which I find very cool. But then on top of that, we want it to continue to grow. So what else is happening at some of those bases? Well, we do have information that I'll get to in just a minute about how much the FBI is going to spend long-term in building out their facilities uh, out there at Redstone. And then I've got information here about the renaming of Fort Rucker, which you may be tracking, but it's happening. In the meantime, Boomer, take us to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. Coming up here pretty shortly, by the way, top of the hour. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite segments every single week, Boomer and McQueen. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. Hey, by the way, the text lines are open, and man, are they open. I mean, like people are all in the text lines right now. 
So if you want to text in, the number is 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. That's the number. Uh, let me jump over here because I've had several today. And I'm going to go ahead and just say right now, all of y'all that text in, nothing but love for you, but my favorite text of the day, maybe the week, maybe the month, <laughs> is from Devin and Killen. Devin and Killen says, starting her off on the right path. Thanks, Phil and Boomer. And he sends a picture. And what I can see is he's sitting there with his little bitty, his little bitty sitting in his lap, drinking her bottle, and they're watching us on the live stream. You can see it in the picture. That's just awesome. <laughs> and I am wishing right now, <laughs> Boomer, at some point, we got to get like, um, what would you call it? Like baby, like right like side ruffian onesies? Some onesies. Yeah, some We're right gonna side get some, ruffian onesies. And it would be uh, future ruffians. That's that's what uh, Devin was saying. I was like, I like that. That's that's the future ruffians. Oh, I see it where he says, <laughs> he does say that. He yeah. says, he says y'all need future ruffian three to six T onesies. Yes. I, I think that's like a great it. idea. I'm digging it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna find a, a way to make this happen, <laughs> Devin. Man, thanks so much for that. Appreciate you. Thanks for being in the audience. Uh, Allie from Athens was just texting in, you know, just kind of checking in about the, uh, um, the 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 right side way of the day. He wants to send it out to some people. I appreciate that. By the way, if you ever want to do that kind of thing, which I, I'm flattered by that, and I'm also honored by it. Um, so what happens is every single day, Boomer takes a show and he podcasts it. In other words, he takes a show, divides it up into segments, like the Right Side Way monologue might be a segment by itself, an interview with somebody like we had the Ted Nugent thing might be by itself. Then the Dippers will stand by themselves. Anyway, he'll take the show and put it up there in segments in every version of podcasting known to man, Apple, Podbean, Google, all the stuff. And you can go get it. And the podcast is going bananas. We're at like 100, almost 124,000 right now downloads of the podcast. So praise God. Thank you much. And uh, we, uh, you can always grab a segment like that, like, like Allie was talking about. She wants somebody else to hear it so she can send it to a friend. What you got, bud? Yeah. You so 124,200. Oh, oh, I was right. Oh, yeah. We had a big spike today. Wow. I love it. Wow. Well, then there's also, by the way, the second podcast, the, the next layer in the right side multiverse is the, the new podcast being hosted by Boomer and the lovely McQueen. Oh, yeah. The Right Life Podcast. The Right Life Podcast. Digging it. Uh, every and, Wednesday, we release a couple. And apparently, a lot of other folks are digging it, too, already. Yeah, it's, it's going great. Loving it. Uh, Anita from uh, South Huntsville. Um, she says it's either Anita S from Huntsville or Anita from South Huntsville. I'm not sure which that is. <laughs> anyway, she says, uh, while petty symbolic acts from the left know few bounds these days, I would bet that Space Command ends up in North Alabama. The swamp that would benefit from Lockheed and Boeing better be, be, being better situated would be willing to put up with AOC and the like screaming. I agree. You were spot on, Anita. I think it is going to wind up here, and I'm ready for it just to be finalized. Uh, Ike from Somerville just sent in the Army symbol and says, hoorah, there uh, you go. Um, what else we got? Uh, Bruce from Hazel Green asking where I did the uh, swamp phase of Ranger School. He said he did survival school at Tyndall Air Force Base. Same swamp? Nope. Different swamp. Camp Rudder, uh, where the Army Ranger School does swamp phase, is a part of Eglin Air Force Base down yonder in Fort Walton Way. Uh, Brian from Huntsville, with regards to the um, the, the the tankers uh, not being uh, you know competitively bid, says comp competition makes a stronger lethargy occurs when you just simply get granted something. Totally agree. Um, and then, uh, let's see, let me get into my stuff real quick before I run out of time. The FBI. So while this is not a DOD thing, what it isn't doing is, what it is doing is enhancing the facilities out there at Redstone. 
AL.com had a piece that ran right out about a month, a uh, month and a half ago. It says, funding for the ongoing construction at the new FBI campus on Redstone Arsenal has now exceeded $3 billion. $3 billion. As part of the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill passed by Congress last month, $652 million was allocated for FBI construction at the Army Post in Huntsville, which pushes the total spending for that facility or facilities to now $3.1 billion. In fact, what they're saying is this is going to be considered the south headquarters of the FBI. It's going to be like the other headquarters. I mean, main, main, main post, main headquarters is still going to wind up being uh, in D.C. But the, um, the facilities they're building here are so extensive, um, they're, they're, they're looking at having almost like two campuses uh, here in, at Redstone. Um, they're going to have four buildings on one campus, and then the other campus is going to be primarily training with places where they can do uh, high-tech simulated uh, uh, training events, uh, you know, uh, driving courses, all that. Uh, but the $3.1 billion development out there uh, at, um, uh, at Redstone. Uh, last couple things here in the DOD in Bama. Just so you know, Fort Rucker is changing its name because apparently there was a Confederate named Rucker. Did not know that. I don't think anybody who's ever been to Fort Rucker knew that. It's like Fort Benning. I didn't know Fort Benning was named after a Confederate. Who knew and who cared? Nobody. We went there for training, and it became that place. And when you say Benning, when you've been to Ranger School or the infantry course or learned how to jump out of airplanes, you're like, oh, you don't even call it Fort anymore. You go, Benning. Where are you at? Benning. I'm going to Benning. Um, you know, Rucker. I'm down in Rucker. Learned how to fly at Rucker. Well, we got to change the names because apparently after 100 years, somebody might have gotten offended. Well, that's very important. I will say this, according to the article here on uh, Dothan Eagle, uh, dated October of this past year, the name, if you weren't familiar for Fort Rucker, is now going to be Fort Novosel. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, and I'm not trying to say it wrong. Uh, it's, it's Novosel or Novosel. I'm not sure which. It is named, by the way, for a pretty amazing individual, Chief Warrant Officer 4 Michael J. Novosel, an Army aviator who joined the Corps, Army Air Corps in 1941, served all the way up through Vietnam, retired as a CW-4, actually was uh, awarded the, uh, the Medal of Honor. Uh, for his time as a dust-off pilot uh, evacuating troops uh, from, you know, uh, hot LZs in, um, in Vietnam. So, uh, yeah, I get it. Um, I don't get it, but I get it. Uh, I like the idea that we have a Medal of Honor winner who earned his bones uh, saving lives, um, and he's a combat aviator, which fits in the theme for, for Rucker. But still, the whole name change thing was so political. And then lastly... As the war rages on in Ukraine, just keep in mind, CBS 42 reports, a lot of those Javelin anti-tank missiles that are just destroying the Russian army right now are built right here in Troy, Alabama. You can even see pictures online with the Troy, Alabama stamp right there on the side of the missile casing. All right, folks, that's it. DOD and Bama coming up next. Boomer and McQueen. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side ruffians. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. And we cover down on all the issues like the dude just said. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, hey, it is, it's that time. It's, it's my, it's gotten to, it's truly, it's my favorite time of the week. Just, it just is. You can't talk me out of it. It just is the favorite time of the week. When we bring in not just the boomer who runs the board for us every single day, but the lovely McQueen, his better three quarters, is in studio. <laughs> How you doing, sister? Oh, I'm great. I like that I have headset on today. I can hear the music. Yes, so. yeah, quit, not, not talking over the bump music and stuff today. Uh, we do this thing called Boomer and McQueen, and I, and I love the idea that we do this. So um, it's good for me sometimes to hear the perspectives of others who I know share my sentiments, but might also have a different angle on it or, or have some other version of events that this helps shape their perspectives. And, and, and these guys, they do a great job. They got their own thoughts. They listen to me ramble on all the time, but they get to do it once in a while. And so once a week we do Boomer and McQueen and we even got our own sound effect. Hit it. <laughs> Slow thinking. McQueen's laughing because she actually had her headphones on to hear the whoop. Yeah, like that's today. a cool noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, you know the deal. I ask you some questions and I just get, uh, you know, your, your responses. Uh, non-attribution, no fault. Uh, don't even have to agree with me if you don't. But here's the deal. First question, out the gate. Money. Money. So, yeah. Oh, like money. So, money. <laughs> so, Governor Ivey is proposing... A four hundred to eight hundred dollar one time rebate for Alabama taxpayers. Would you rather have the check that comes in the mail one time, or would you rather have her do away with the grocery tax overall? What is your preference? Who wants to go first? Oh, for sure I will go and I would totally take the grocery tax. Oh, no kidding. Not, yeah. Not even going to debate this issue. Mm -mm. You're gonna... no, not at all. No debates. With as much as groceries cost and how much you spend, and even like when you're, you know, budgeting and think you're really being, you know, frugal, that, that, if you got the having a, the ta or getting rid of the tax on the grocery, grocery tax would make a way bigger difference for most people. Maybe not yep. everyone, but I think for most people, then a single check of 400 even to $800. You'd be taking 4% off the cost of your groceries mm -hmm. uh, in Alabama. So every 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 dollar's four cents cheaper. Um, okay. And I think it would also help, like, as far as, like, economy-wise, it would encourage people to spend more at the, at the grocery store. And, like, I don't buy any meat these days, you know? And, oh, no. And being able to, I mean, That's we so buy... so sad. I mean, not like, not like we used to. <laughs> not like I mean, we, we, to. we were like those... <laughs> We were grilling steaks every week, it you know, multiple awesome. times a week. Wow. I mean, those were, that was, we were just carnivores at our house, so. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, I'm, an, I'm an omnivore. Well, we're that too. I, but. Will, I will eat lots of meat and lots of veggies. Oh, we do too. Well, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat lots of meat. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's go back. To, let's go back to the question. Back to the question. We, we all know that, that Boomer and I both like lots of bacon. But, yeah. uh, all right, that, so Boomer, about you? So uh, one-time rebate of 400 to $800, 
cash in the mail, put it in your bank, do what you want to do with it, or do you want this, the, uh, the the grocery tax? All right, card? well let's let's look at it Jeff Poor's way. He was like, "Give me the money." <laughs> I think yesterday. he was being I think he was being he, argumentative. He was, <laughs> but um, I would say I would say the grocery tax again with McQueen and with you and with everyone else that we've actually talked to because of what it entails and what we're going to get back in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the money right now seems good, but it's going to be taxed in some other way. Yeah. Later on, they're just going to they're going to get it back somehow. Yeah, and you know, and I and I I think I look at it and, and think, okay, throwing money back into the market is what they're saying causes inflation. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to just dump money into the market, then are we ever going to really do something to help people long term because all we're doing then is perpetuating the 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 cycle of Cash in the market, not enough goods, inflation yeah. goes up, and then the eggs cost even more. Yep, absolutely. And I think you're right. Like that consistency, consistency and over the long haul is going to make a way bigger way bigger dent and impact more people. Okay. All right. Oh, that was too easy. I was, yeah, that was, that was an easy one. I know. I was kinda, that was a shocking I like one. I like that one. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about giving you a little folding money, a little, <laughs> a little, a little mad money. Go out and get you a little something, something with it. No, if, right. you, if you're saying like a lot more, uh, I may, I may say I mean, if that was a $4,000 to $8,000 okay. question, <laughs> then it might be different. Oh, so there's a limit. So, <laughs> so your statesmanship can be bought at some point. That's what I'm hearing. Nah, I just, I just see, see what they're going to throw. Oh, like okay, well, there's. The, in fact, I think didn't was it? Uh, it was Sean Sullivan yesterday that said, "What if we raise it to four thousand? And then everybody went, "Hmm, oh, no, no, I want the tax gone." Because <laughs> you I'm just a, wanted to see the limit. That's I mean, what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Next question. Changing the subject altogether. All right, different topic. Um, you you guys may have been tracking the situation that happened in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, in the last week with the. Um, Four Americans that crossed the border for nothing more than a personal trip. I mean, the lady was looking for an elective surgery, which was stupid, in my opinion. It's a tummy tuck, right? Yeah, a tummy tuck, <laughs> apparently, in Mexico. Uh, not wisdom. But nonetheless, they were not there for anything nefarious. They were four people who traveled across the border, did it the right way, got there, and um, had their lives. Some Well, two of them are dead. Uh, and one of them is, is, is recovering from a gunshot wound. The other one's okay, but they were abducted and held captive for several days. Um, this following things like, you know, fentanyl is crushing the souls of so many people. 107,000 Americans died of fentanyl overdoses that mostly comes across that Gosh. Southern border mm-hmm. just in 2022 alone or 21. Um, we got the drug cartels, we got human trafficking, we got 5 million people have crossed the border illegally, which means that we've technically seen a 1.5 to 2% increase in the U.S. population just on the illegal crossing since Biden took office. Okay, all that to say, the drug cartels are are pretty much out of control on the southern border. What are your opinions on the use of military force by the U.S. against cartels in Mexico? What are your thoughts on that? Boomers first. Boomers first. Perfect. Well, if you're looking at it um, in the eyes that we're looking at it, that most people don't even see, uh, there's more fentanyl. There's more stuff going on in the United States. There's more people coming across. Um, with all of that, If should we use military force on our end? Yeah. If that was like an Al-Qaeda or something like that coming over and killing so many people with fentanyl overdose with you know, uh, a gust of, you know, in a horrible place with a massive casualty. Yeah. You think we're not going to do anything to Al Qaeda? Yeah. People aren't, people are going to demand answers and we should, I mean, 
but since it's doing it, since it's going in such small doses right now, yeah, uh, people are not hearing about it, so they're not. Oh, oh, so what you're saying a minute ago was so if if there was a mass casualty event, 107,000 killed at one time. We'd already be down there. Oh, absolutely, we'd be down there. Or if we there. knew exactly yeah. there was and one specific person causing it, that's kind of what you're saying too, right? Or like one group. I mean, yeah. it's a little bit more under the radar. Right now it's more under the radar because they're, they're just not reporting on everything. Everybody's not hearing about it or uh, or seeing about it. I think go what you were talking about just yesterday, Phil, take a, take a missile, let's, let's, let's nip it in the, the butt right now yeah, and just say, we- hey, hey, that's happening. If you do it again, it's going to happen again. Okay. I mean, I know the Mexican government's like, no, nah, you can't do that. But hey, it's coming over on our soil. I don't know. If, I, don't, I wonder if the Mexican government would say, no, you can't do that. I mean, uh, I, I can't help but wonder if there's not a few people. Of course, there's probably a few Mexican officials that would lose their bribes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, would, I would bet that there's some of them like, please, just take, oh, you took out that drug oh, lab? Darn. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts, though, uh, McQueen, what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally on the same page with that. I mean, I'm definitely not a, like, a, oh, we just, you know, when just because we have a disagreement or we're upset about something, go to war. But, like, when it's necessary, absolutely. And I feel like it's not just compromising. I mean, it's taking American, so many American lives. And then, like, with fentanyl coming here and kids and just, I mean, it's, if we if we tracked everything or all the casualties that have, you know, come from just these Mexican cartels and things coming across or people yeah. coming across the border. I mean, it's, it's obscene and I think it would blow a lot of people's minds. So absolutely. I think it's something that's necessary just because like, you know, we used to have that respect our military had that respect and like people didn't mess with us before because there was that, whether you like Trump or not, but we, you know, he was, so, he was someone that was revered and respected and the U S was revered and respected and our military was. And I don't think that's the case anymore. It's a little bit more of a joke. So I think to even just show that we're serious, it it's necessary. And even if it means, or, you know, it might mean at first saying like, Hey, like you, you clean this up. And then if not, we'll do it for you. Like as far as in Mexico, but showing them like, you know, Hey, this cartel is going to be gone if we don't, if you don't do something about it, we're going to do something about it. Cause they're, I mean, they're, and I saw a map of the U S and all the different areas. Sorry. I know you were ready to say something. I saw a map of the U S of like where all these cartels are in like each state and each city here yeah. in the U S like it's terrifying. Yeah, it really is. What bud? All right. I'm going to say the cartels are getting Go ahead. More, it's your turn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting more and more bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that's are. the way that's what I'm seeing is they're getting more and more bold and they're starting to see, Hey, Let's see what see what we can get away with. Let's yeah. just keep going. And yeah. until somebody nips that, then they're gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to stand up for our country and our rights. And, and like you said yesterday, then they're gonna be if someone doesn't if that doesn't happen, then they're gonna be right there at our at our neighbors or at our mailbox yeah. as opposed to like being oh that's way down the road. Well, that's way it already is right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've had uh, I think just uh, last week. Uh, they announced there's they they hit 100 deaths just in Jefferson County alone oh on fentanyl this year. That's two months. That's 50 a month, wow. and that's one county in Alabama. In fact, we had uh, Senator Katie Britt on the phone on the phone the other day talking on the show, and she made the statement that the number of deaths we're seeing from fentanyl is the equivalent of an airliner crashing every day of the year. Oh my gosh! And if it was an airliner crashing every day of the year, the world would be up in arms wanting to know what yes. to do to fix it. Yeah, and we do something about it yeah. for sure. But like but like Boomer said, it's like a death by a thousand cuts because it keeps happening in little bits here and there, and sometimes it's the undercurrent of society dying from overdoses. Mm-hmm. We don't say much but if it was an isis training camp across the border we'd already taken it out oh yes. for sure and i think so many 
you know, parents, because so much, a lot of this is affecting, affecting kids, or when you think of it affecting your kid, it puts it in a different perspective, and you just go, oh, that's never going to happen here. It's happening it's here. It's happening here. You're right. It's happening here, Terrifying. and it's happening sometimes accidentally, because there are kids down in Montgomery, Mobile, Mobile, mm-hmm. who died because a friend who got something shared it with a friend who didn't realize she was taking something laced with fentanyl. Oh, well, and, and it was it was put into packaged bags up in Pennsylvania. I think yeah. that was a couple weeks was that ago. When I told you and that the happens, other day? Yeah. yeah. Right? And what happens yeah. when someone brings that home and then a kid just sees gummy sitting there and they're like, oh, yeah, let's just, let me eat Yeah, that. and that was like at like a, you know, a Walgreens type store. So. All right, let's take it Gosh. to a break, brother. We're burning, man. I, that one got animated. Yeah. Y'all are all about <laughs> war with Mexico. I'm just saying right now, put the nuclear codes in Boomer McQueen's hands and we will not have Mexico much longer to worry about. All right, folks, Boomer and McQueen, I love their perspectives. And I like just getting what their thoughts are out there for y'all to hear it too. We'll be right back with more of that. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative, just plain right, making it just downright cool to be a conservative. Um, all right, jumping right back in with uh, one of my favorite times of it, not one of, the favorite time of every single week, Boomer and McQueen. In fact, you know what? We need the sound effect again. Just play it. Just, just play it. Play just it. play it. All right. Uh you know, we do the thing, the first round is me asking y'all questions. The next round includes somebody asking me a question of your own choosing. So who's asking me the question this time? I got one. Am I, am I going, Boomer? No, yeah, you can go. You'll let me go first <laughs> this time? Okay. Ladies first. Um, yeah, you know the answer to that <laughs> <yes>. question. <laughs> so Biden just unveiled, like, uh, what was it, like $2 trillion in, like, tax yeah. hikes or something? So yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts and take and... All that good stuff on it. Do, do we do we have do we have like a, a somebody passing gas sound? Do we have that? <laughs> do we have a sound like that? I what don't do, think I have a. What sound. do we have? I Work on have it. That. I just have the. I mean, I have the that. <laughs> that that's appropriate. That is times appropriate. like four thousand. So uh, so first of all, what 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 a knucklehead plan. Yeah. Uh, it amazes <laughs> me that in the middle of a down economy, when they are raising rates, suppressing the market. People can't buy bacon like we joke about, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, we you can't, guys buy rib eyes. can't buy ribeyes. Can't buy ribeyes, much less Ugh. bacon ribeyes. <laughs> I know um, mm. that he's gonna he's gonna you know raise taxes. Um, Democrats never seem to figure out that when they they don't trickle down economics doesn't work. Yes, actually it does. And and so when you make it easier to create jobs, when you make it easier to uh, keep some money in your pocket, it drives the economy in an upward direction. And if you don't believe me, just go back and look at the 80s. Well, in the 80s, the rich got richer and the poor got richer, too. Thank you very much. So, um, you know, I look at it and think, OK, what we're looking at here is, again, a president who's never led anything in his life. He's never been in a position to um, uh, ever have to uh, write a paycheck 
or have to take out a line of credit to keep the business afloat during hard times. He's never done any of that. What he's done is sit in government and loves making government bigger. And so the idea that he's going to raise taxes right now on any level of income bracket. Uh, now he's, he's talking about raising capital gains. He's talking about raising uh, income tax on people over a certain uh, you know level. Who does he think creates the jobs? And so, yeah, while, while I recognize that um, there are people who are not going to have to pay, the, the notion that someone still hasn't paid their fair share is just the most ridiculous mantra. So, um, golly bum, what else can I say about it? That's, I, just, I think it's a waste. Um, you got any own thoughts on it? I mean, do you think who, do you think it's going to benefit anybody? Uh, like realistically, I think it's going to benefit government. Just the top, the top. I, yeah. I think the government's going to get some new revenue if they get it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're going to get. Past, they're not going to use it for anything good. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get it past the um, the uh, Republican House. Yeah. And I think what he's looking at is a something that's going to be a opportunity for him to portray why he could do more massive spending bills if they'll just reelect him mm -hmm. at 82 years old in the year 2024. Um, so I, I think it's a horrible idea. I'm not sure who's advising him, um, but it, uh, it's just more of the same, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Well, I got one. All right, what you got? All right, so presidential race. Okay. Mm. Oh, I like talking so, about this because it makes me excited for 2024. <laughs> so on the Democratic side, are they even, what's Joe going to do? And yeah. then who? what are the Democrats doing on, on their side, and how are they feeling? And then on the Republican side, we have a lot of great ones. Yeah, we do. Is that going to hurt the party? You know, does that make sense? Make it, it like depends. divided. It depends on yeah, yeah. It depends on how nasty Trump wants to get. He's already in the race. Let's assume he's going to be in the race. He's mm -hmm. already in the race. Um, but um, if he wants to make this a uh, a beat up on each other kind of primary, then the Republicans are going to wind up having to deal with it. And 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 we'll see. But we got some great candidates. I great mean, candidates. It doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum on the right side of things. You got somebody you like. And we've got people like you know Mike Pence and uh, Pompeo and uh, DeSantis who haven't even declared yet, but mm -hmm. it's expected that they will. I mean, if 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 all those people plus Trump all went into office and and created a cabinet, my gosh, what a cabinet <laughs> that would be! Wow. But I look at it then too, and I think, what are the Democrats offering? So far, they've got an 82 year old geriatric who stumbles up the stairs on a regular basis, mm -hmm. raises taxes, and spends money like nobody's business. Can't figure out where he is some days, like I'm watching on the screen right now. And then at the same time, the only candidate <laughs> he's got is a lady who, um, you know, talks to spirits or something. Marianne Williamson. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's so, weird. Whew. All right. Uh, wow. That was, was fast. Quick. That was quick. Boomer and McQueen. Oh, man. Time flies. <laughs> Love you guys. Y'all are the ones that make this thing work in here. I appreciate you. All right. Y'all stay you. tuned. We're coming right back. Guess what? Lee from Huntsville is going to walk in the studio. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. 
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. Covering down on some amazing ground across the most beautiful state of the entire union, Alabama. And I'm talking about this show goes way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, from Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, just for good measure. And hey, folks, I got to tell you, I was in um, the offices of ZLA this morning. We were talking through some stuff, and and they really are having an, like, like they just had, it, it was just a four-week month, and they just had one of their best months in a while. And I'm just telling you, they are doing an amazing amount of good work for their clients. Here's the deal. ZLA Solutions, if you are looking for people to fill out the ranks of your workforce, I mean, they do a lot of stuff. They can help you with logistics, warehousing, other things, but their bread and butter is still staffing. And I'm talking about if you need onesies and twosies or if you want an entire shift of people. Blue collar, white collar, no collar, it don't matter. ZLA Solutions, you can find their website, zlausa.com. They can do all the drug testing, the background checks, the recruiting, all of it. And, and, and they are good at what they do. Their customers remain satisfied. I'm just telling you, check them out. If you need folks, they got them. ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And, and do me a favor, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio, which Boomer, by the way, they told me this morning, they keep getting people telling them they heard about it on Right Side Radio, which is yes. which is exactly what we want to have happen, right? <laughs> That's exactly. All right. I am um I am pretty stoked. I am I am here in studio with somebody who calls the show on a regular basis. So we got a bunch of you guys out there. In fact, I told Boomer, I'm gonna come back to my introduction here in a minute. I told Boomer the other day, you know what I want to do? I want to have like a right side event sometime, and then we just start calling the roll. Where is Sparky and Harvest? And he stands up. Where is Jeff from Indiana? He stands up. Where is John from Huntsville? He stands up. And one of the people who would stand up would be Lee from Huntsville, who's not standing up. She's sitting right here in the studio. How you doing? I am well. I'm excited to be here. Good. Don't get shy on us now. I won't. I won't. <laughs> you can pull that mic up a little bit too. It'll adjust for you. Uh, so yeah. So Lee from Huntsville is here in studio. And, and, and it's funny because when you call in, it's usually spot on. And, uh, and so apparently you've got opinions. I do. Definitely. And, and I, I assume the people around you are used to you having opinions. Oh, yes. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, welcome to the Right Side Studios. I'm really excited to be here. Is it everything you dreamed it would be? It is. And a nice view, too. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, uh, so, yeah, so the funny thing is... Uh, so the lovely Charlene and I have an event tonight. Uh, Ron DeSantis is speaking in um, Birmingham. Uh, we have tickets, uh, pretty good tickets, actually. So we have good tickets to sit up near the front. And uh, and so we got to get out of here at a decent time. I got to go home, put on a monkey suit, and head on down that way. Um, I got to wear a tux. I'm, oh. Well, not a tux. I'm just, oh, just a suit? Yeah, I shouldn't have said a monkey I'm suit. I'm jealous. That's going to be great. Anything who wears a tie is a monkey suit. But, <laughs> um, but so uh, we got to head down there, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Lee from Huntsville and just see if she's game. See if she's got game on. And you're here. I'm here. You're, you're putting a lot of trust in me. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting a lot of trust in the censorship button that he's got over there on his desk right now. <laughs> I'll self-censor, I promise. So, so the funny thing is, so Boomer's got like all this technology. We got multiple screens. We got cameras. We got, you know, microphones, all of it. But the two most important things in this whole room are two buttons on his desk that feed that little silver box over there. Oh. So basically he's got one that it's, it's the button is labeled go baby go. <laughs> Just like on the, the movie gone in 60 seconds with the, with the, <laughs> when you hit the nitrous go baby go. So he's got that button that he pushes when we go to break, it sends all of our stations a signal. They all go to break at the same time. Oh, 
okay. The other one is when somebody says something they shouldn't, he hits the red button that dumps everything for eight seconds. Uh, eight <laughs> seconds. Okay. So I can say a good long word. So then, she, yeah. <laughs> so she's got a string of cuss words, Boomer. You might have to hit it more than once. There we go. Um, all right. Well, listen, um, I thought what we do, you're going to take over the mic here in a few minutes. Yep. I'm going to cede control of the starship here to you in a little bit. I'll try not to wreck it. In the meantime, I got a series of stories, and I thought you might just chime in with me for a minute and see what your thoughts are. All right. All right. So I'm calling this section, What Were They Thinking? And it's kind of like woke world, but worse. Mm. It's woke world, but it's like policies and actions of actual elected officials that you look at and go, what in God's name were you thinking? So are you tracking the whole situation with the... Um, Tucker Carlson getting the uh, the video out mm-hmm. of January 6th. And they're pressing him hard to to stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both yeah. Republican and Democrat. Which ain't going to happen. Nope. That's just going to make it worse. They just don't know it. So the January 6th commission, the January 6th commission was headed up by Representative Benny Thompson. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, where was he from? Georgia? Anyway. Representative Benny Thompson, um, a partisan Democrat, mm-hmm. who headed up the, the commission that told us everything they knew about... January 6th, the insurrection. Sure. Except that yesterday he says they never saw that footage. They never watched it. They never looked at it. It's like an attorney that dumps one million papers uh, on uh, the defense or whatever. And it's like, good luck finding what you need in there. They they didn't want to find it. They didn't want to know. I, I agree. I mean, I think that's exactly right. Easier to just get their opinion out if they don't do anything to contravene their own opinions. But, you know, I, I, so you talking about attorneys. I remember being taught back in the day, when you're doing discovery, even if you have something that you know doesn't help your case, you have to give it. You just do. Even if you know there's a case that mm-hmm. doesn't support your position, you have to make sure the court understands that you know there's a case that doesn't support your position. Well, it's ethics, right? It's all ethics. Um, and when that QAnon shaman guy, um, what they did to him is unconscionable. It's unthinkable. Are you jumping d- ahead in my notes? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. Go ahead. I, this is a guy who obviously had some previously noted mental problems. Apparently. Um, and e- even so, what he was doing there was just more of a, I think, of a show. I think he was engaging. I think he was trying to kind of be a leader, be a kind of be out there, be noticed, um, and believed in Trump from what he said. But he didn't appear in any of those videos to be doing anything violent, anything no. that what they labeled him. And even that one guy saying he should be shot um, oh, on yeah. cable news. Yeah. It's just so dangerous because they just pick and choose the small cuts that they wanted you to see of this guy. And they wanted to fasten their narrative and say, this is it. And then it turns out that's not true at all. And don't tell me that more video, more video can never be ever a bad thing. And they no. keep saying, well, why are they putting these videos out? How could you, how could that ever be a bad thing? More context? Uh, unless you're giving away state secrets, which you're not in right. this case. Then right. I, 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 my hope is what they're going to wind up doing is posting these all online and allowing people to review them at their leisure. All of them. But but here's the thing. You mentioned the the, the guy they call the QAnon shaman, mm-hmm. whose real name is Jacob Chansley. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, story here on Fox, I watched it last night when his attorney, I knew this was going to happen. And Tucker did. Mm-hmm. He brought on Jacob Chan's attorney who said they never showed us those videos. We even asked for anything they've got that was exculpatory, and they never let us see it. And he said, there's no way of knowing how much this would have impacted my client as he wrestled with the decision of, do I go to court because I think I'm innocent, or do I take the plea deal because I can't get out of this? And these videos clearly would have 
possibly, well, at least I think would have changed the dynamic of that whole situation. And they didn't give them to him, which to me is grounds for appeal. Is that a U.S. attorney that was going after him? Oh, oh yeah. So that U.S. It's attorney. It's a violation of federal law, so it's a U.S. attorney. This should be sh- sanctioned or disbarred for doing that. That is unconscionable. Well, now, he was in. He was a men- already mentally ill and spent how long in solitary confinement? Oh, yeah. It's just cruel. It is cruel. And, and I look at it, too, and I think, all right, it's possible that the U.S. attorney didn't have access to these either. The person I think okay. we're going to find out eventually is really at fault was Nancy Pelosi for keeping these back and considering them classified so no one could have access to them. That's that. That's you think, I think even the U.S. attorney might not? Oh, yeah. I mean, the U.S. attorney doesn't have a right to uh, contravene a classification status. So if they were considered classified and, and, and rendered so by, I'm assuming, the speaker's office, it was because it was Speaker McCarthy who brought them out. Which mm, tells me true. the speaker's office is probably the one that had the classification status put on in the first place. All that to say, what were mm. they thinking? Uh, I think what they're thinking now is Jacob Chansley's probably going to sue somebody and oh, get a lot so. of money. And I hope I he hope does. So. I hope he does. At the very least, I hope he gets his sentence commuted uh, sometime soon by a president who recognizes he's got a guy who was uh, treated pretty badly by the system. And heads, heads need to roll over this. Of course, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, who knows if anything will ever happen to her for anything. Um, and she'll probably, you know, croak before any, any real action because she is what, like eighty-five, um, or 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 one hundred and seventeen. I, I mean, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she's beginning to look like the crypt keeper. Uh, the crypt keeper. <laughs> okay, she's going to do fine, Boomer. <laughs> this is going to go well. I can already tell. All right, next one. What were they thinking? So yesterday, or, by the way, happy um, women's. What is this? Oh, uh, barf! International Women's Day. Oh, I hate contrived holidays. That's so contrived. But you're a woman. Yes, and it's, I don't need a holiday. But it's International Women's Day. No. This is not important to you? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, apparently it's very important to Jill Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken, and I'm not sure why that matters to the guy, the dude who's a Secretary of State, was joining with First Lady Jill Biden to give awards honoring people who have, you know, stood up in the international, what's, what's the word here, the International Women of Courage Awards. Let me guess. One of whom was a dude. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> it was a dude. I knew a that dude. was coming. Come on. Even the best women are men, apparently. The, the, the dude. <laughs> we can't. We can't win. So the so the so the yeah so the uh, so the dude got a chick award and uh, and here it is. So yeah, First Lady Jill Biden, Secretary of State Antony Blinken were slammed Wednesday for presenting a biological male from Argentina. They had to hunt probably oh. for this one. For, from Argentina with an award for women on International Women's Day. It says the year's inter- annual International Women of Courage Awards, which, by the way, this is it's the annual. I've never heard of it. Uh, me either. Okay. <laughs> it's the first year. First okay. Year. <laughs> well, if you're not tracking the, the, the Czech Awards, I'm not sure who is. So, um, no. 11 extraordinary women from around the world stood on stage to receive their awards, one of whom was a dude. I just look at this and go, what were they thinking? So uh, Governor uh, Sarah Huckabee, Huckabee Sanders, her response to this on Twitter was, it's International Women's Day, a good time to remember that Democrats can't even tell you what a woman is. No, I agree, totally. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's it's kind of, it's insulting. I do genuinely feel for someone who's so uncomfortable in their own skin that they want to live as the other sex. I I, I do have a heart for that, I don't, and I feel for them, but... A, a woman's award? I get it. Where do I, we go? Where do we I, go wrong? I, I get your comments. I don't get this because, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't identify with that at all. Um, lastly, before we go to the break, 
By the way, just in case you know, we have to take breaks on this show. This, <laughs> okay. She's going to talk for a solid hour. All my, I will. All my Sorry. advertisers are going to be mad. We're not going to know what's going on. I'll even do ads. I'll make them great. <laughs> uh, the Biden administration, uh, in this down economy, where they're talking about raising taxes as of today, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and in the uh, in the state of the position or the position that we're in with the Fed raising rates and you know the cost of bacon and everything else, shortages of formula out there. My grandbaby had trouble getting formula. Uh, New York Republican Representative Elise Stefanik, along with nearly thirty other congressional representatives, slammed the Biden administration on Wednesday. That's yesterday. Because their proposal is now to reduce the amount of milk that is given as part of the women's and infants and children's, uh, um, you know, public assistance program. So WIC, mm-hmm. um, the the WIC program to give um, milk and other nutrients to women, infants, and children. They decided they're going to go ahead and reduce that. They're going to give other things besides milk. And yet, what the health officials are saying is, you're creating a crisis by doing it. Is this a farting cow thing or something? I Are they trying to reduce that? Did she just say farting cow on my show? I, I, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Come in my cow. studio. <laughs> start talking about farting cows. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm second guessing or this burping, whole situation. Whatever it was that was causing the problem. <laughs> cow flatulence. We yeah. refer to it as cow flatulence. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. All I know is this. It says the Department of Agriculture announced these changes and that right now we're looking at reducing the amount of milk provided to children pregnant and postpartum uh, uh, females and those with uh, low incomes. And it wouldn't no- surprise me if that was a reason, and though. nobody can explain why. And they'll They're just try to push it. in substitutes. Are you, are you, are you taking us to a break, or is that my phone ringing? Oh, my phone ringing. Let's take us to a break. How about that? Let's do a break right now. We're here in studio with Lee from Huntsville, who is cracking me up already. <laughs> All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with a little bit more of what were they thinking? Right Side Radio, very fitting you played that just for um, uh, the fact that we have Lee from Huntsville in the studio. (laughs) Bad to the bone is being played right now. Hey, let me real quickly, before we go back to the discussion with Lee about things that people do that you're thinking, what are they thinking? Uh, And let me tell you about one of our new advertisers, Elm Foundation, E-L-M, Elm Foundation. They're based out of Huntsville. Listen, this is the way it's supposed to work, all right? This is not the government slinging money out there. This is not a, a handout. This is a hand up by a private organization that is doing an amazing amount of good stuff right now, helping those that are disadvantaged, those that, that need a leg up because their situation has gotten bad. And they, they get involved and they, they literally provide intensive case management for individuals to help them with you know, getting their jobs uh, situations worked out, their, their resume built up, their, uh, their housing situation taken care of. Uh, maybe they have some, some needs with regards to uh, their own personal mental health and that kind of stuff. The Elm Foundation is doing cool, cool stuff right now, and I'm so excited to have them as one of our advertisers. And like I said, I love the idea of a hand up, not a hand out. And so, yeah, check them out. Their website is Elm, it's E-L-M-H-S-V, as in Elm Huntsville, 
ELMHSV.org, the Elm Foundation. Glad to have them on the right side team. All right, so I'm sitting here in the studio with one of our longtime callers. Uh, and by the way, just so you know, the text lines have uh, uh, gone boom. And uh, not the least of which is Brandy from Athens, who loves your farting cows joke. <laughs> so, so there's that. Uh, Leanne from Huntsville uh, says, bye, Phil. Lee's in the house. Love her. <laughs> My new BFF. That's so, uh, right. There you go. We got a ton of – and by the way, if you want to use the text line when we're going later on, uh, when I'm gone, you're welcome to it. Uh, a couple more minutes here. Things that happen that you look at and you go, what were they thinking? And I'm trying to figure out which one of these stories is the best. So here's one. It's not truly a public official, but it was so weird I had to pull it out. So the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn, an Ivy League school, mm-hmm. has hired a, I don't even know what this means, a non-binary trans-feminine fashion model to be their LGBTQ scholar with an anonymous gift given to the university of $2 million. If you're non-binary, I thought you were neither male nor female, so why would it be Thank feminine? Thank you. I was just trying to figure this out and thinking I thought I had a handle on it, and now they could bring up a headline like this one. Confusion. I have no idea. So, okay, what were they thinking? It's hard to find more wokeness in one headline. <laughs> there really is. I'm going to read it to you again. This is the actual headline to the Daily Wire. You ready? Dated today. UPenn hires non-binary trans-feminine fashion model as an LGBTQ scholar with an anonymous $2 million gift. So someone didn't want anybody to know. Exactly. All right, I'm going to give you some money for this, but don't nobody tell me who did it. And then, like you said, what exactly is a non-binary trans-feminine? And he's a fashion model. Uh, So it is a he? Oh, I don't know. I think it's a dude. I don't know. Because I mean, nobody I can honestly tell. cannot tell you from that. He does use they, them, so I just don't know. Look, as far as they, them, if you are not two people, it's not <laughs> happening for me. Thank you very much. That's exactly That's a plural right. pronoun. That's not the way the English language works. All right, next one I got. Um, here, This will be interesting. What were they thinking? Newsmax has a story dated today. So you've seen probably all the, I know you do because you track the news, but you've seen how we've had the situation going on in um, Loudoun, Fairfax County, Virginia, where they've been withholding National Merit Scholar notifications to students Mm -hmm. because it was equitable, equitable, equity. Well, the same school system apparently recently sent out um, a letter to all the parents informing them that they will be hosting college prep courses to help students, but they're only doing it for black and Hispanic students. I kid you not. Uh, I'm gobsmacked. I don't even know what to say. Gobsmacked. That's a good word. We need to put that one on the right side lexicon. It's unconscionable that they held back these awards for these kids. These are kids. They earned it. They did. And now they're going to help the other kids uh, try to get up, you know, get their game up. But it it says here in the February 21st letter, college prep lessons will be offered to students who are first in their family to attend college in the U.S. or black or African-American students, which I thought were the same thing. Hispanic students of one or more race, what? And students with disabilities, English learners, and economically disadvantaged. Notably absent are whites and Asians. And they don't, <laughs> and even, feel, they don't even feel bad about it. Uh, no. Not a bit. Not a bit. All right, folks, listen. The lovely Charlene and I have a date with Ron DeSantis. We're heading down to Birmingham for that event tonight. And our friend, our new co-host... Lee from Huntsville's taking the microphone. Lee, you have the con. Thank you so much. I'm ready. All right. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We are coming right back.
are you right? You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, everybody. It's Lee in the house, Lee from Huntsville. I've taken over. We're solid and conservative and just plain right here. Will, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Phil is on his way. So uh, he, he, for some reason, trusted me to take over. So here I am. Oh, this is going to be a great time. <laughs> I'm excited. You're excited. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so I thought a good topic for this hour would be privilege. How that word started for me, what it meant when I was young, how that word has morphed into something totally different over time. Um, when I was young, privilege or privileges were something you earned. It was something you looked forward to. My mom would always say, don't mess up or you're going to lose your privileges. And things like, you know, going outside and playing or those Saturday morning cartoons. And th- this is long before people, long before there was 24-7, uh, you know, 365 cartoons every day of the year. If you miss Saturday morning, you miss those cartoons for a whole week. So you did anything you could not to get that punishment. Right, Boomer? That's right. (laughs) You did not want to miss those Saturday cartoons. These were all privileges. Um, These were things that I wanted, I earned when I got older. You know, it was spending the night with friends, going out, doing things you wanted, um, getting to drive your car. All these were privileges. Um, and privileged was also a term, and that usually meant you were wealthy. You lived in those big houses, drove nice cars, you know, had all you know, really nice clothes, just had the best of everything, and it was referred to as you grew up privileged. But now, the word seems to have morphed and kind of changed meanings, and there's just all different kind of privileges. Um, I find it interesting that... The word, uh, I realize that our lexicon changes over time and that you really can't fight that. But sometimes you have to take a step back and go, wait a minute. What you're saying and how you're using this word really isn't right. And so I wanted to talk about that today and just kind of go over the different kind of privileges um, that they think we have nowadays. And also, if any of you want to call in or text in and kind of talk about a, a certain privilege you think you have or don't have, let us know. Um, but I found this uh, interesting article about privileges, and um, I, I found it interesting, too, because they said there was 15 kinds of privilege, and it wasn't an exhaustive list. Uh, that sounds exhaustive to me. I can't imagine that many kinds of privilege, but <laughs> apparently there is. Um, so I'll just kind of go over this with you guys, and I'm going to snap my little paper there like Phil does. <laughs> um Social privilege is a term that refers to the rights or benefits that are extended to a certain group of people based on their social status. While common examples of social privileges include the ability to obtain a well-paying job, access to quality education, um, you know, freedom from discrimination, and while social privileges confer significant advantages, um, there are definitely 
cycles, you know, there, there's as such a social privilege can perpetuate a cycle of inequality that's passed down from generation to generation, according to them. And they listed all these different types of privilege. And of course, the first is the most well-known, which is white privilege. It says here, white privilege is a term for the societal privilege that benefits white people beyond those commonly experienced by non-white people under the same social, political, and economic circumstances. Um, examples of white privilege is being able to walk down the street without being seen as suspicious by police. Uh, this is a privilege that white people have uh, more than other races, such as African-American. Similarly, white people are seen as natural in the boardrooms of major companies. And by contrast, non-white people in the boardroom would be seen as an outlier and be conspicuous. Um, so let's talk about that for a minute. I think it's interesting um, that privilege now has a color, an immutable part of you that you have no control over. And a lot of people feel, I think, that when it's something that you have no control over and maybe you were, didn't grow up privileged, it's hard to understand how someone can then refer to you as privileged just based on the color of your skin. And I do have to agree, I think that that is, it's, it's a way that others you. And it's a way that, diff, you know, that makes, uh, separates people, separates races, separates ethnicities. And I really don't like separation. I tend to think of us all as the human race and that there's different ethnicities, but we're all so much more alike than we are different. And I think that that's probably, that's probably the way most of you think of it. And the next one, which I think is interesting, is gender privilege, specifically male privilege. Now, I find that interesting that that would be listed as a privilege because I don't think men really have that much of a privilege, to be honest with you. What it says here is being cis male is also a global privilege, and America was specifically designed as a patriarchy, a.k.a. a system of government in which men hold the power and women are excluded from it to institutionalize this advantage. If you're a cis man, which cis meaning you were born male and you still are male, for those who might not know, you benefit from this setup in many invisible ways. Did you know that, Boomer, that you are a cis male and you have male or gender privilege? Oh, like cis white male is what I've heard, right? Yes, that's exactly it. You're privileged. <laughs> well, you are an Alabama fan. That is a I, distinct uh, and total privilege. There, so, that is. Okay. I will give you that. <laughs> Thanks. But I also have you that are privilege. You too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm wearing You're my uh, houndstooth. Wearing my houndstooth today, representing. Yes. So... Um, it says the fact that men are always in a position of power and that women are systematically disempowered uh, from business, to household dynamics, to perceived intelligence, uh, it says you name it, fill in the blank, is facts. Um, holding male privilege doesn't mean you aren't greatly disadvantaged by not fitting into the ideals of conventional beauty or that your masculinity is not connected to your childbearing or rearing decisions and capabilities, but that you do less of the household labor. You may be able to walk alone at night without fear. Um, it, things like that, I think, are just way over generalized. They don't take into the account that men have a much higher suicide rate 
men feel the pressure of life much more distinctly sometimes than women. They feel the pressure to provide. They feel the pressure to take care of their children, their wife, their household. Um, and they feel it distinctly when it falls apart, I think, in a different way. And, uh, oh, I have a caller. We got Clarence. Clarence oh, from I see Huntsville. All Come right. on in, Clarence. Hi, Clarence. I, I got you. I got you a question. First, first of all, if a if a white male, uh huh, a male that's a male, he's called a cis man. Do you, what, what, what do you call it when you got a man that wants to be a female? Is that just a sissy? Uh, very funny. Um, I ah. yeah, I'm not. I I get lost on these terms after a while. I guess that's the trans female. I I don't know. Yeah, hey, I, I I gotta talk about white privilege because uh, my experience as a white male has not been of white privilege. My experience as a white male has been has been discrimination based off of affirmative action several times in my career. Uh, Interesting. You actually, you, you know, I, I have I have actually been told by a company that I was the wrong thing for that company at that moment, and being that I was a white male, although I was the top producer for that company, and I was the only person that was actually doing what they were supposed to be doing, and I was getting passed over by bottom bottom of the barrel people. Uh, so you don't you didn't feel your privilege there? Um you don't I feel, feel <laughs> You didn't feel any privilege? Um I, I yes, did did men historically have uh an advantage over women in some ways? Sure. Um but I will say this, for hundreds of years I think we we toiled beside each other. Um, in just, you know, we were an agrarian society until a hundred and something years ago. So, you know, everybody's out there slaving away doing their part. I don't think there was, um, as much privilege in being a male and there's still, I don't think so now. I mean, what do you think about men being, having a higher rate of suicide, men having a lower, they're historically at the lowest point now of college attendance, I think, since when they started, you know, tracking these things. I, I 100% agree that men feel that way. And uh, I also 100% agree that men shouldn't be going to college in the first place at this point because uh, the trades are where the money's at now. I, I, I have true. two college degrees. And could I go and make more money in the trade than what I do with my two college degrees? Very likely. Well, thank you. Know? you. And, and, I appreciate uh, your call. Thank you so much. And I sorry, I had to cut you. We do have to go to a break. Thanks. Yep. Brumer, take us out to a break. <laughs> Sorry, he got to going, and I didn't even notice it. Hey, guys, thank y'all so much, and we'll be right back with Right Side Radio. See you in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Phil Williams Show. We're solid, conservative, and just plain right. This is Lee from Huntsville. For some reason, he decided to take off and left me in charge. Amazing. And I have been talking about the topic of privilege. What privilege means to you. uh, How the word privilege has changed over time. And I do want to mention that John 
Paul from Huntsville has given me an A plus so far. Oh, that's a big deal if, if he's giving you an A plus. I'm feeling very good about that. John, nice. Uh, says I'm privileged because I get to listen to Right Side Radio Monday through Friday from two to five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that promo there. Um, so it is. Uh, it's definitely a topic that stirs something in people. Um, we have a caller, and full disclosure. My best friend called in because I told her to. I said, hey, I'm doing this and no one may call in. So please call in. She's an awesome uh, conservative female voice and wanted to hear what she thought on this topic of privilege. So, hey. Hi there, Dee. You want to talk to uh, privilege? Hey. Want to talk to privilege and what uh, what this topic means to you? Hey, well, first of all, I want to say congratulations on your debut. Oh. You are absolutely crushing it. <laughs> um, as as a publicist, I have to say I also give you an A plus. So, oh, thank you. job well done. Um, most welcome. So, yeah. So, privilege. I listen. Now, you you and I have been friends for you know since tenth grade, and uh, we talk about a variety of topics like this. We sort of have we've kind of you know run the spectrum in terms of our political leanings. We went from sort of like being moderate liberals, yes, we confess it, all the way over to like uh, today, I mean, there's no other definition for us except far right. It has to be like super, <laughs> like extra all the way right. Um, Definite concern. But yeah, 100. Um, but I will say that, you know, I, it's so easy to get in the weeds with topics like privilege, you know, uh, with you know, uh, full disclosure on my end, I am happen to be a identity politics is dead, but I am a black woman. And I, um, so I'm, I'm sort of have a different perspective on how this whole privilege conversation goes down. In my opinion, it is a look over here. Don't look over there. Um, distraction, in right. my opinion. I think it is absolutely a way for um, to keep stoking the fire of this division that has that started in 2008. I'm not going to mention who was president when that happened. Um, but starting in 2008, this real concerted effort to divide the country based on trivial matters like race, which is not even really race, it's ethnicity, right? right. It's color, it's skin color. And it's obsession with skin color. And and it's gone all the way now over to this ridiculous, asinine DEI conversation, which isn't really a thing. And because, as you and I discussed many, many times, the word shouldn't even be equity. It should be equality. Quality, equity right. is guarantee of outcome. Equality is guarantee of opportunity. And what my stepfather fought for in the 60s was guarantee of opportunity, Amen. Uh, not not outcome. So, But, you know, as far as the whole privilege conversation and white privilege and First of all, as a black woman, right after the whole, you know, after St. George Floyd, uh, the whole, that whole debacle, yes, I said what I said, um, after that whole debacle happened, I, I got so tired of white people calling me and apologizing for being white. And, and I had to, I actually had to, there was a couple of people I had to say, listen, you and I have known each other for a long time. We've been, for, uh, by the way, Lee was not one of those people, obviously, uh, no. but, <laughs> but it, never, but, but I, I had to tell a couple of people, I had to say, listen, you are you're actually um, confessing that you are a racist if you think that you, by the virtue of the color of your skin, are somehow above me or advantaged because of the color of your skin, and 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 that I cannot possibly get a leg up, get um, you know, excel at anything, have anything accomplished with by my by my own meritocracy without your help. Mm-hmm. Now, it does also it it also is worth mentioning that every single person who's ever hired me white. 
all of them. So I don't, I don't know what this whole privilege obsession is. It's not real. It's not a thing. Um, white privilege is actually flipped the other, if it ever did exist. And I think it, there was a time when it was, I don't necessarily think it was privilege. I think it was just maybe strong arming mm-hmm. um, way, way back in the day. But now it's completely flipped. I think the, la- the least desirable thing to be in this country today is a white male. The least desirable thing to be. Mm. Right after that, white female. So, you know, it's it's completely flipped on its end, and if it ever did exist at all. And, and I think it's also now a way for black people, and I'm saying what I'm saying, and I'm not apologizing for it, to keep black people mad and white people guilty. That's what mm. this whole agenda is. And to so I don't end? participate in it. You know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I'm not into it. I don't play that game at all. If anybody ever comes to me with any of that woke garbage, I check them quick. And that includes at the workplace. So what do you think the end is? To what end do they do, they, uh, do the divide and conquer? What do you think the end game is? Well, I mean, do you really want to go down the Alex Jones rabbit hole? I mean, that's... <laughs> Are we are we about I mean, to talk about globalists? Really <laughs> right. So there's a much, much bigger picture here, and that this is probably not the forum or the show to talk about that at this juncture, but I do think that there is a much bigger agenda and this obsession with race, this obsession with, you know, what used to be affirmative action is now diversity hiring. People who are, are truly, you know, there's a there's this argument that I'll I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I was an athlete, right? I was a I was a, a gymnast at Alabama. She's it roll it, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide, and uh, and I never had anything. I was in arguably the whitest sport in America. Um, mm. You know, when I was coming up in the sport, and it's still kind of the whitest sport in America. And I never had any issues, zero, not one, with being objectified, with being um, denied a score I deserved, with not getting the opportunity to train with the coaches that I needed to train with to be able to excel and have my trajectory go up and to the right in the sport. None of that ever happened, ever. In 17 years as a very top-tier competitive athlete, I never had a problem getting what I needed. Thank God for my mom, who was able to afford it because it's a very expensive sport. But you know, it was all about the people in my life. And obviously all my coaches were white. Oh, maybe that's not obvious, but they were. All my coaches were white. Everyone I competed against for the most part, there was a handful of us that were black, maybe three when I was coming up. So it was, it was about who is the best gymnast on that day and who can stick their landings and who can do the best routine and get the best score. I never had any kind of unfavorable treatment because of the color of my skin. And if anything, if anything, I was privileged because I could run fast and jump really high. And a lot of (laughs) people could say that that had something to do with my my race. And you did. All right. Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt D and Lee. Hey, we we have to go to a hard break right now. But um, if you want D to hold on, we can have her right back right at the, the next break. Thank you all so much for listening. You got guest host Lee here with Boomer in studio with Right Side Radio. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Right Side Radio, where we're solid, conservative, and just plain right. I this, like that you had to let that let it just I, play out. I love it. Of course I did. Of course I did. That's the national. That's the excuse me. That's the state anthem, right? You have to yeah, put your you hand over your play. heart. Just let it play. You gotta let it play. Put your hand over your heart. Every child has to learn the words. All that. <laughs> um, so I didn't. I kind of cut D off, and I wanted to let her uh, kind of finish up her her thoughts there. If you can get her back on, hey D. Um, I hey hey. So. Just kind of wrapping up your thoughts. In Birmingham, they love the governor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Every child has to learn how to sing that song. I mean, it's absolutely, it's more than it's a required. rite of passage. It's, I couldn't leave the house until I knew it. Exactly. Um, so uh, as far as privilege goes, if you want to just kind of wrap up your thoughts on on privilege and how you think it's been, um, that, that term has been changed and kind of warped and bent to uh, virtue signal. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's more now just, again, I think it's a gratuitous sort of dog whistle to, to you know, and I think it's very timed, right? I think, yeah. I think there's, there's ebbs, ebbs and flows. There's, they kind of cherry pick, and by they, I mean the left, they cherry pick, you know, when it is and isn't appropriate to sort of, um, you know, throw that penalty flag. And, you know, I've seen it, um, you know, in the workplace. Um, you know, I work in corporate and, mm-hmm. um, you know, People are 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 just kind of prickly about it, and there's a there's an overcorrection um, where it's where you know instead of people earning what they what they deserve based on solely based on meritocracy, there is sort of a um, a you know we feel bad because of an experience you never had 400 years ago kind of guilt that people are dragging around behind them. And it's, I think it's affecting the boardroom. I think it's affecting um, corporate America. I think that people are, who are less than qualified. Yes, there are, there is, it is definitely a thing um, where people who are qualified have been overlooked. I'm not denying that that's not some people's experience, but I'm also not denying that it's some people's experience that they are getting privilege Mm -hmm. um, where meritocracy is the order of the day. And so privilege is actually now making companies and businesses hemorrhage money. They are, you know, they're hiring the wrong people for jobs. They are inevitably either leaving or getting fired because they did not hire the right person for the job. And it's just a, it's a system that doesn't work. It's very broken. And it all started with a black square, in my opinion. Interesting. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, you calling in. And um, as usual, you're hundred percent right on. Um, And you know, I, I, I'm glad to get your perspective because it is a perspective that you don't hear very often. And I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great job today. And <laughs> y'all have fun. Thanks. All right. So, uh, back to the privilege conversation. I only hit two privileges by the way, Boomer. And that's okay. Uh, wow. These, these comments were amazing. Uh, well, yes, yeah, she does work in PR. She knows how to speak and how to write. <laughs> she is amazing. Yeah, it was it, 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 you know, it hit home just listening, uh, just listening to her um, talk from that end, but also talk from the end of the sports aspect as well, mm-hmm. because um, I, I'm a sports guy and I love that. And I know my wife is and stuff. But coming from that end was it was very interesting. Yeah, she's she's the first to say, you know, her experience may not be everyone's experience, but it's still legitimate. Mm-hmm. And. Um, she was very successful and, uh, she was successful because she was driven. She was hardworking, she was smart, 
um, still is, all those things. And she worked harder than everyone else. And that's why she got where she got. Plus mm-hmm. some God-given talent uh, sprinkled all over her, like fairy dust. <laughs> um, she was amazing in her day and still is. Um, so I'm going to move on because there were 15 kinds of privilege, Ooh, if you didn't know. <laughs> 15. Yes. Wow. So, you know, moving on from male privilege, uh, the privilege of getting ba- uh, bashed every day by, you know, umpteen different uh, uh, directions. And, um, and I'm just seeing here on Fox News about that, uh, the trans woman on International Women's Day. And I just can't keep thinking to myself, geez, like even men are better women. Oh. <sighs> so um, the next privilege they have on here is heterosexual privilege. Did you know you had that, Bimmer? Um, globally, <laughs> it's a privilege. Now, globally, perhaps. Um, okay. It means you have the benefit of, benefit of identifying as straight and would not face the same discrimination or threats to your safety as a result of your sexuality. Oh, okay. It can also but, mean that you have more rights. Mm. More specifically, heterosexual privilege can mean you don't have to fear others finding out about your orientation, and that you can hold hands with your romantic partner without being scorned, mocked, or threatened, and that you're not identified as a deviant or damaged because who you're attracted to. But aren't they trying to take away those rights? <laughs> Here's the thing. Globally, <laughs> yes, I could I could oh. understand that. They are throwing them off buildings in some countries. Um, you know, I do... Uh, uh, have a heart for people who are um, hunted down and persecuted in other countries uh, for being gay. That is wrong. Um, and that is sad that this is happening in this day and age. But I think you have to look at it from a point of, I'm a live and let live sort of person. I always have been. And um, you do you and I'll do me. Um, I think that that's a good way to operate. And um and it was kind of that way in the beginning, wasn't it, Boomer? I mean, like in the beginning of the LGBTQ rights being forefront, it was acceptance. It was we just want to to live like everyone else. We just want to have the same uh, the rights as everyone else. Um, mm. But it's moved on from that. And now it's moved to you must approve. You Ugh. must applaud. Yeah, but why are you, they trying to push it on us? Like, it's their choice. I... And, and the thing is, is the way they live their life is the way they live their life. It's a free country and they are free to do as they wish. Correct. And, but, uh, t- you know, singling someone out and saying, well, because you aren't posting things that are pro whatever mm-hmm. online or because you aren't because companies aren't coming out and saying, oh, this is awesome. We love this. Instead of just trying to be apolitical then that becomes somehow a drawback. And I think that um, seeking approval is not the direction to go. The direction to go is live and let live. And I wish more companies would become apolitical. Mm. And, what you know, because why, I don't know, why turn off part of your audience, you know, either direction. So I don't know. Is it a privilege um, uh, to be heterosexual? Um, maybe in other countries, yes. I'll give you that. Here in the United States, I... I as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty much evened out because you're talking about a minority, a very small minority, but a very, very vocal minority. And then when you move on to trans, even smaller, almost minuscule, but extraordinarily vocal. So I think they get a lot of press. Um, I think they get a lot of, you know, what is it? Um, uh, it's like 1% of the population gets like 75% of the news. And so I don't know. I think it's, it's just being beat to death personally. And 
They also have cisgender privilege on here. <laughs> so it's not enough to have heterosexual. I, don't those two kind of go hand in hand? Yeah. If you're heterosexual, are you not cisgender as well? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know. I could be confused. Um, but cisgender, again, folks, is when you identify with the gender with which you were assigned at birth. If you have this privilege, you're not likely to be harassed in public restrooms or locker room spaces, face questions about your genitals from strangers, be clinically considered mentally unwell, or be regularly assigned the wrong pronouns. Um, now, again, I have a heart for people who feel so uncomfortable in their own skin that they want to live, you know, man who feels he has to live as a woman. I, I have a heart for that. That must be difficult. It really must be. Um, but if you're a man and I have a young daughter and we're in a locker room and you're stripping down, um, there, that, there's going to be a problem from me. I don't think it's right to expose things to children that are unnecessary, have separate dressing rooms. Um, when they're talking about the, you know, harassed in public restrooms, nobody wants to harass anyone, but I also want to feel safe as a woman and safe as a mother. Um, so I, I think that's understandable and I think that's right. Um, and especially when, you know, if I'm in a bathroom and the only other person in there is six, four and burly with a beard, I'm going to feel a little bit on edge because I don't know if my safety is in question there mm. being a smaller, you know, I don't know, Boomer, being a male, I think you don't feel that as much, but, um, I, I don't, uh, for me, it's more of a safety issue. Well, yeah, it's absolutely a safety issue. I mean, I, I was talking to my wife the other day about it and it was the same, same as you is like, if she walks into a, a restroom and she is a, she sees a, a, a giant, man with the beard but identifies as a woman in her bathroom she'd be i mean that's that would be terrifying yeah it's just it's it's not a yeah a safety I'm, thing. yeah and it's a that, safety issue and that would be in the back of your head obviously and it should be right um looks like we got another caller jeff uh from indiana good old jeff you're you're just probably mad it was me and not you right jeff <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're doing a great job. I, well, thank I'm you. Bill's probably listening in, and he's uh, he may be looking over his shoulder. You're doing uh -oh. a great job. <laughs> uh, just as soon as you nail that uh, that fast lawyer speak down, you'll be all right. <laughs> oh yeah, not a lawyer, so not going to happen. What do you think, Jeff, about privilege? Like, what what privilege do you have? Well, I, I'm privileged to uh, be an old sixty year old truck driver, broke down, got a bad back, got a bad knee. And working 70 hours a week that I'm privileged enough to work out here just so I can pay for the uh, all the government things that the, the people are sitting around that they're more able-bodied than me can sit on their butt all day long and, and uh, let me sit out here and work 70 hours a week. Well. I'm very privileged to do that. Yes, that sounds privileged. Uh, did you know you had, uh, you have white male, well, I'm assuming, you have white male privilege. You're like doubly privileged. And then there's a lot more privilege, or in cisgender too, and probably heterosexuals. I mean, you're loaded with privilege. Lots I don't of know privilege, you, Jeff. <laughs> lots of privilege, Jeff. Well, well, but, well didn't, didn't you get to notice? <laughs> uh, it, it's okay to be racist now. Um, yes, uh, I, I find it interesting. You said, okay, just like, uh, that, that poll they did about, is it okay to be white? I, I'm like, well, it's okay to be, uh, whatever you are because you're, you know, well, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. I mean, the schools and everything are, are, are doing racist things and stuff. And it's, it's basically in government stuff. And if government says it's okay to be one race or another and, and discriminates on the, the basis of one skin color, then it, it must be fine to be racist. So. 
you know, hey, embrace it, I guess. It's uh, it's fine for for some people, so it should be fine for all. I I agree. I just wish we could all understand that we uh, we are so much more alike than we are different and there's no need for this it's 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 not helpful it's not right but thank you so much for calling in jeff i appreciate it. it'll be you in this seat next time and i'll call in and uh give you a hard time all All right thank you lee you're doing great all right boomer take us to break guys thanks so much for listening to right side radio I'm Boomer, and you got guest host Lee from Huntsville right here in Phil's seat. We'll see y'all right when we get back. Everybody, welcome back, Right Side Radio. Glad to be back. This is Lee sitting in for Phil. Man, yeah. Phil's gonna have to watch out with you here, Miss <laughs> Lee. <laughs> I think he's probably safe. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm a little hungry. What are you hungry for? Uh guys, y'all know what time it is. It's I'm hungry for some just love coffee. Yeah, their food is delicious. Oh, yeah. I, I saw some pictures of Just Love Coffee with those waffle. They make all their sandwiches like in a waffle iron. Yeah, they do. And so it's like all crispy. It's fantastic. They have great hummus and vegetables, too. Oh, man. Oh, and they're... oh. Oh, my kids love it. They go, I think they have like chicken and waffles, all kinds of different things. They're on Hughes Road in Madison. Yeah. And uh, North Parkway, kind of north of uh, Bob Wallace there on the exit road. No, I have a question. Are you a are you a normal coffee drinker or a treat coffee drinker? What, what, what do you like? Uh, definitely treat coffee. Oh. I have to do a latte. Yes. Oh, a latte. All yeah. right. Yep. Have to do the lattes. I need more milk. I can't I can't do straight coffee. <laughs> It's, that's good. Well, right. guys, if you stop in at Just Love Coffee, how about you just tell them that Right Side Radio sent you? We love hearing that. I love hearing that people go there. We love seeing pictures on the text thread when people go. And it's pretty awesome. It is very delicious. All right. So I see we got a caller, Brian in Huntsville. Hey, Brian. Uh, uh, hello. Hi. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, so, well, And I want to mention mm-hmm. Just Love Coffee also has unsweetened tea for people like me. Oh, well, good to know. Do you ever eat their food? It's really good. Yes, I have, and everything, even one of the best. One and of the other items that was not mentioned is waffled. They cooked it in a waffle. And absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And, you know, their story is great, too. And if anybody's wondering, just stop in and ask them about it. It's great, great backstory for this chain as well. So, Brian, what do you think about uh, Privilege? Well, first of all, you are doing a fantastic job today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. If if, if I was, if it was in the morning, I might be able to keep up with you better. (laughs) That's my time of the day. Otherwise, I'll I'll uh, wait and ask Jesus and my wife, my two highest powers. Amen. And uh, we'll go through from there. But in any case, privilege. Oh no, privilege is granted. My parents granting me privileges to do things, even mm-hmm. getting my driver's license. And then if I did something stupid, 
it was taken away. It is right. totally different from freedom, mm-hmm. which God has given us. That's right. I'm I'm free to make bad choices, but I get my privileges taken away if I abuse my freedom. Agreed. Do you it. consider the privilege of being just born in the United States? To me, that's one of the biggest privileges you can have in life, is just being born here. I consider it a blessing. Yes. I don't consider it a privilege, I think. And, and uh, I've been to multiple countries while I've been here, and I see things. Another thing that is my privilege is to try to help others that not have not been born into certain circumstances. No, I don't consider it a privilege. I consider it to, I was meant to be here, and I'm also meant to share that. Okay. Well, I think that's great, Brian, and I think that's uh, a, a basic truth. We're all here uh, on this earth at this time in this country, and uh, it is a privilege. It is a blessing both to be born here, to live here um, during this time oh, in life, in season, and I think what we have to do is help as many people as we can while we're here on this earth. By the way, as eloquent as you speak and everything, when are you running for office in this one? <laughs> Probably never. I am. I don't know that I would be a good politician. <laughs> I'm not sure because I can't hold my tongue, you know? And is, they... Well, that would be a good politician, <laughs> well, in my opinion. Y'all uh, have a blessed night. Thank, thank you. You too. Bye. Um, I think that all in all, my takeaway from all these conversations about privilege and all the different kinds of privilege that people think exist. Um, the number one privilege for me is being an American and understanding what that means and understanding the freedom that I have to worship as I choose to uh, associate with whomever I choose, uh, to be mobile up and down, to increase my station in life. In so many countries, what you're born into is where you're staying. And there is no chance to ever go from lower class to middle class to upper class. America was born as an idea. And it is a freedom that no other country has. And I think that the freedom to to worship, the freedom to be who we are, the freedom to to excel, the freedom to do the best that we possibly can, that's the biggest privilege we can possibly have. What do you think, Boomer? Ooh. Wow, absolutely. That was well said and well put. Well, thank you. That was, yeah, that was awesome. Phil is going to be back yeah, tomorrow. He is. I have not tomorrow, officially taken over for him. Let me, let me ask you a question. <laughs> how, how quick did it go? Because I knew before you were like, wow, this is going to be a whole hour. But it went pretty fast, didn't it? It went so fast. I, I definitely would not make it through any Triple Dipper ever. So good for him that he ever does it. So, Well, Lee, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for ghost, guest hosting today for Phil. Well, thanks. I've had a blast. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in to Right Side Radio. You got Boomer here and the guest host. Lee from Huntsville. We'll be back tomorrow. Phil will be back tomorrow with some more right side way and right side ruffian stuff. All right, here we go, guys. Y'all have a blessed day and we'll talk to you soon.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. 